This is episode three. This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects, cutting edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. If superheroes had nail writers, it's the three mentalists walked into a podcast. Woo! Yes! Why do you have to be yes. so Oh. Why can't we just be a little bit down? A bit like mellow. No, because that, we made it to episode three, man. Yeah, well, we got this far. It is free and <laughs> no one gives a rat's ass. We didn't we get sued. We're not in prison. It's amazing. Looch, it's been a good month. Wait, why are you it's so shit. concerned about being in prison? Oh, I don't know. Can we stop? See, no, we brought you down now. You now that we've down. brought you down, I'm going to be yeah. all high energy and happy. <laughs> <laughs> good news. What's, what's that? Leech, you've launched the Black Project. It's shit. It's shit. <laughs> Excellent. And please. He's just quoting reviews. <laughs> Speaking of reviews, in this episode, we're going to take a look at some of the reviews that people have been writing online about the three of us and just have a little chat about them. Yeah. It's a splendid idea, Atlas. Thanks for letting me know. That's well, crazy. to be fair, I only had like one bad review to find. So <laughs> That's I mean, true. I, I think, yeah. Okay, okay. That's I, I good. wrote a review specifically for Atlas. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, <laughs> shit. So, what's been happening this month? Luch, you launched the Black Project this month. You yep. did that. I mean, can I just say that we're recording this live at Michael Murray's Two Minds event here in Newcastle? We certainly are. And yeah. it's, it's really exciting. We've got some people surra- around us who are. Well, as you can hear, it's really busy. It's really. Listen, listen, listen. listen. Oi, what's that event? <laughs> 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 oh, awesome. Oh, Michael's just wandered in. Hello, Michael. Hello, Michael. What was that? What did he just say? Hey, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? That's great. That's his fate. It's highlight. You just said he loved the Luca Volpe lecture. Yeah, I, I heard Luke had some really good tips about About <laughs> Yeah, he does wear it so fantastically well. Oh, this is definitely coming back out. This is how he should be. It's how it should be. Luca Volpe. Luca Volpe. Half the stuff you say, I'm just like, well, that has to go. That's got to go out of the See, that's that's why. If if he didn't sort of edit it out, we would probably be on about fifty thousand subscribers by now. But everybody else is like, well, this is turd. This shit. So we've had the fantastic launch at this event of the Black Project. That's gone so well. The buzz around it has been amazing. They've gone nuts, to be honest. They have really. Are you really pleased with it? Oh God, yeah. It's always one of those things when you, you know, you believe in something so much, you invest a lot of money into it, and then you hit the green sort of go button. But then it's like, oh, what do you do? How are people going to see it? But then, you know, the, the response has been fantastic. And uh, we've just like oh, pretty much sold out of the ones that we brought to the, to the convention. <laughs> it's, it's, it's interesting how you talked about that, isn't it? And we've, we've kind of kicked this discussion around over the last mm. few weeks. Mm. You said, oh, you know, you put so much work to it and you invest in it. You have a beautiful book mm. yeah, on the great. outside. But having read and proofread half of it, I can tell you on the inside... It is just as good. Because actually, it was funny because there was a lot of... Everyone was talking about it online, offline. People are talking about what's in this thing. Because you've really focused on the fact that actually the content is the secret. The content is the value. So I called up Atlas only just a couple of weeks ago before I went away on holiday, I think it was. And I was like, it looks pretty, but what's in it? Is it any good? And he was like, well, it's just got his stuff from his way. It's really exciting. So I'm really excited to hear what people think about it. Once they've had the time to... and the I mean, it's terrifying opening the thing and thinking... just don't want to touch it because it's like a piece of art yeah. and, and read the, yeah, what's but, inside. But the point I was going to make about that is he mm-hmm. says I invested in it 
He's got material here from the last decade of his life. Yeah. That he's taken and he's tweaked and he's worked and he's really pushed. Yeah. And and we talked about, um, I genuinely think books like this are going to be where you get your good stuff now. Because you and I talked about this with e yeah. and stuff. Mm. There's no overhead for an e-book. You, anyone can have a slapdash idea. Never, ever, ever try it. I and mean, then just sit down one afternoon and write it up without getting yeah. it proofread and without... Yeah. And no without overhead, even, no risk. Without even performing half of the material which we spoke about. Or even thinking e-books. it through properly. Yeah. yeah, and so I think when you get a book like this, the guy has, has looked at it and said, well, I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is and actually print these up. Mm. And, and it wasn't cheap for you to print these. Should we hear what one sounds like if we drop it? Yeah, let's do that. Because people are saying it's expensive to send out and ship. Well, it's, it's, it's over two and a half kilos. Listen, listen, you ready? Listen, ready? This is the book dropping. <laughs> oh, God! I felt that. <laughs> that would literally kill a small animal. It would. It would. Let's, let's find a small animal and see if it kills a small animal. He's oh, putting his lipstick on right now. <laughs> oh, this is, this is, I mean, it's, I'm really excited. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. amazing. And that's my point is I think, guys, from now on, I think, I think there's a shift. I think there's a paradigm shift in mentalism where the, the garbage, the dross, the ideas that have been dreamed up that haven't really been performed or perfected, mm-hmm. they end up in ebooks because there's no risk. Whereas something and there's like no this, filter. I mean, the yeah, thing I mean, is, you if, spent, what, five figures getting this printed up? Oh, well, oh, just for the printing. Well, over, yeah, over yeah. five figures. I was well over that by the time the, the rest of the budget came in. So it's a ex- very, very expensive book. Yeah, uh, it to is. Release, and, and I think that's the thing. If, if you've got a half-baked idea and you think, oh, I could quickly go into mentalism and, and write up this half-baked idea and slap it into a Word document, click save as PDF, and people will start sending me money to PayPal, it seems like a really easy thing to do, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. But then... If you really knew that people were going to re- receive this information and love it, and love it, and use it, and talk about it, and recommend it, I mean, just to talk about something that's been out for a little bit longer, my book Ben, right, which I'm obviously very proud of as well. It's the kind of thing where I knew that I was so proud of the material that was inside, and at the same time, I should, like, like yourself, terrified that people are yeah. going to not like it because it is you, <coughs> it is your material that you have been using. Well, Ben's another word for baby, isn't it? Right, it's exactly. your baby. Yeah, I mean, have I told you the reason it's called Ben? No. The whole story is it's called Ben because um, you, it sounds like a guy named Ben. It does that you quite liked. Yeah, that, that's, that's what it is. He had such a chiseled jaw. Is that a branch like, anagram? <laughs> it's a branch anagram. It's Harvey. Um, so, <laughs> it's because, and this is kind of rude, but he, he, I'm going I'm to tell you anyway. It's got this a bad word alert. You're not beeping this out because it's, it's really important. This. It's too late. Uh, ultimate. You, you, do, you do. I heard that What's on the last episode, by the way. It's yeah. about the wonky eye midget tagging, which actually was very unsuccessful. Yeah, it no. seems like people like you inexplicably more than, <laughs> than, than people that know you. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this past convention, that's all, in terms of the podcast, that's what everyone's talking about. Yeah, the wonky eyed midget story. story from episode two. Oh, it's I so know. good. It's so good. I, I think I've peaked too soon, though. Story of my life. Anyway, back to why it's called. Back to why it's called back. It's because I feel like with our ideas, you conceive the idea, you raise it through maturity, and then you put it in a book and put it out, so other men can. F- it. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. So you like to be f- the men. Is that what you're saying? No. This is going away from this so fast. <laughs> anyway, anyway. So like, like, literally, the, the, I'm just never going to have enough time to get through this one segment editing alone. Hello, I'm Luca Volpe, the Italian mentalist, and uh, I'm going to eat some paschetti right now, but, you know, I cannot eat, I cannot sleep if I don't listen to the three mentalists. Good stuff.
Excellent stuff. So, shall we go into our first feature? No, no, I was, I was just going to say, because okay. I, uh, I, I do love poetry, and I find it in music, and, and you, you find, you know, thoughts, very well elo- eloquently stated elsewhere, mm. that, uh, that fit situations, and there's a song Billy Joel has called Pressure. Okay, I don't know. And, and to me, this is what e-books are like. It says, now here you are with your faith and your Peter Pan advice, but you have no scars on your face, and you've never faced pressure. And I just think uh, with so yeah, much material, yeah, yeah. that's what it is. It's yeah. it's faith in Peter Pan advice. Yeah. But there's there's never you've never taken any punches, you've never taken your licks, you've never faced the pressure of working through this material. And the the Black Project is I think you're right. I think the future of of our art is definitely going to be found in those books, in in physical printed books, because that means if somebody is going to put the money, the time, the effort, I mean, it's so stressful putting those things together because there's so many moving parts with layout and design and Mm. and the graphical elements and then getting all the samples. Having written it, when I moved here two years ago, almost two years ago, you had, you know, half to three quarters of it already written and this is two years down the line yeah, yeah. and it's still you know you have to persevere with it back it's, and forward between the proofreaders and rewriting things it, up and changing it fine whereas it. and so that means when you buy a physical book somebody's put time all this money all this effort into you definitely you cannot or it's, it's almost impossible for you to get a lesser quality product yeah. than if you just buy the next ebook that this guy's dreamt up that morning and he says oh I've got this really cool idea for this new oh, oh, no. hold on now before we talk any more about the Black Project, did his check clear for our endorsements? Will we make sure of that? I take it all back. I take it all back. I take it all back. Look at it. It's, it's actually just, a, just an e-book <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a fancy case. I mean, that's all it is. I've printed it and stapled it. <laughs> yeah. I've even painted the edges with a Sharpie marker. So it black. You totally have. You totally have. Oh, okay. Before we move on, though, I, w- yeah. I would like to say, uh, I'm going to give it a shameless plug. If you are wanting to buy one, mm-hmm. um, there are about half left. Okay. So after the, the opening weekend we've it didn't say half chart. price no. so anyone who's like <laughs> about to rewind like, wait a minute what? there's half of them left at the, at the left. time of this convention we have half the copies left and, and so. it, it literally just got released yesterday officially yes. so, so, so you sold like, half in the first 24 hours well we did a, a pre-release over the past week um, yeah. but the, these will start to get shipped out soon oh, that's cool. uh, but yeah if you do want to get one uh, and you really want a quality release then head to www.theblackproject.co.uk uh, and get your order in before they are all gone. There you go. So that's the Black Project. We're really excited that we've released it. And we're you know, really it excited, by the way. That if I registered theblackproject.com and copied his website, source over, mm. I could take a whole bunch of payments. You could totally <laughs> do that. So don't go to the wrong URL. <laughs> <laughs> that's the motto of the story. Also, I'm Head probably to going further. Project.com and no. <laughs> dot co dot UK. I just want to also say, before we move on to the next section, I'm really grateful that Michael Murray, who organises the, the, the Two Minds Convention, has allowed us to come along. And, and, and record live here at this fantastic event. It, I think it's my favourite magic or mental convention that I've personally ever been yeah. to. I, knew, I know I'm two, on the speaker. Two years in, and you can already tell. It's going to be the. It's, oh, hi, Michael. Hi, he's Michael. There again. He's what's there again? been your. Michael, what's been your. Hey, look who's just. Look who that is. Look at him. We've just been joined <laughs> by Mark. I literally it's, just walked in. It's Mark Spellman the on the. Warrior on the three, on the three mentalist podcast. How, how are you doing, Mark? You're live, well. by the way. Are you okay? I'm very, very You've well. just arrived, haven't you? No, in, into the microphone, Mark. Is, is yeah, no, correct? very, very well. You're doing good. You've just arrived. Is it necessary? Is it necessary? Is it necessary? What is the question? <laughs> what? That's this the is, answer. Is, is this, it is, this is like the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> thing where the answer is 42 and you have to... Is it necessary? 
Mark Spellman's going to smack Kennedy what right live on the podcast. What have I done? Do I'll it. Find out in my lecture. Is it necessary? And I'll explain to you why it is necessary. And that's what you're here to talk about at the at the two minds convention. You're going to talk about is it necessary? I'm going to talk about you. Is what I'm talking about. Oh dear! Really? I can tell you from experience, Kennedy oh. is not necessary. I'm not necessary. Nothing about I'm him excited. is necessary. You're very necessary. Thank you. Well, oh, his hair. You're talking about his no, hair. I love his hair. You, we should make fun of his what's, hair, though. What's he talking? Is it necessary? <laughs> the answer, no. By the way, Mark, we're being recorded here for the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think you just glanced down at the computer screen and realized. To it. It's very good. No, oh, okay. It's and terrible. That is, that is part of the thing. Is it necessary? I'm excited. I suppose we're going to find out. We are going to find <laughs> very, out. Very, very soon. Is necessary? <laughs> no, it's certainly not. How How you you doing, doing, I'm going to take a cut. Hey, it's a me, a Luca V. I eat my biscotti. I have a safan. I am Italian mentalist. A proper. Ciao, Abel. It's me, a Luca Volpe, Italian stallion. When I'm not eating ravioli and whatever the other one is, I'm listening to three mentalist podcasts. It's a great. This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects. Cutting-edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. Okay, so we've kind of got a new segment here that we're going to try out. Occasionally, you do something online, you put yourself out there, and, and people decide that you're the most annoying, odious person they've ever seen <laughs> in their entire life, which is fine because, honestly, that's most people's reaction to me. So... <laughs> That's so not all I think about you. I mean, I think a lot of yeah. I think I think, and a lot of times when they when they let loose like this, um, they're holding a lot back. So <laughs> uh, I thought it would be funny if we found negative reviews or negative statements that someone has taken the time to post about one of us and and uh, look them up and 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 have them read it here. So I have chosen something for you. You have chosen. Uh, sorry, I'm talking to Kennedy here. I've chosen something for Kennedy. Kennedy has chosen something for Luch, and Luch has chosen something for me. Kennedy Did is going into the this. Listeners were here. Were you like just having a chat to me? Yeah, I, I was. Yeah. <laughs> like, Listen, uh, So I'm about to show Kennedy something that someone has written. Mm-hmm. Um, he's about him, and he'll respond. Right. Uh, Luch is going to show me the horrible thing that he's picked out of millions, I'm sure, on the I internet about. <laughs> And, uh, and Kennedy will, uh, will choose some flute. So okay. without any so, further ado. So let's go with you first. Since this is your concept, you're going yeah, to okay. take it first. So uh, Luch has found something, that, something negative that somebody's written about Atlas. And Atlas, you're going to, you're going to read it out. Okay. So, Sounds so good. When you do this, I'd like you to read the, um, the title. Oh, he's given this a title. Okay. Did I miss something? I bought this book after reading great reviews on CAFE. I have been working with PA, Progressive Anagram, for a long time to come up with a clean Zodiac divination, and I bought this book with the same intention. However, I was deeply disappointed. This, I feel, is a beginner's guide to PA. It does build on few aspects related to PA, but is nowhere near path-breaking as endorsed by others basic problem with PA is fishing. No, the book addresses it. The solution provided is neither complete nor 100% convincing. I wish there was at least one performance video to support the book's theory. This is $40 wasted.
My review of Looch Retina. It's not just looking into the retina, it's not impromptu. In the beginning someone said about this DVD, better than Darren Brown. I was offended, hell no, he's not. This DVD is a collection of different peaks using gimmicks. Some of them are indeed clever, but I said, but he never gives a reason for using them. Why would you put a spectator's drawing inside an envelope and inside your pocket? Why on earth would you do that? There is no answer. So I will leave you with mine. There are better DVDs out there, even for beginners. Search well. It's not just a matter of people saying, how can he read minds if he can't even read a dictionary? But it's also a case of people who aren't particularly good at writing trying to author books. It's so easy nowadays to self-publish a book, and the standards of writing have dropped accordingly. I was in the UK when David Beckham's autobiography... I'm trying to keep it sad. David Beckham's autobiography was the top bestseller in the country, and all I could think at the time was how one of the country's least literate people is somehow <laughs> its best-selling author. People who are good at soccer or mentalism, which are interchangeable, obviously, should stick to soccer or mentalism. Leave writing to the writers. I can just imagine how bent out of shape mentalist would be were a writer to perform a mentalism effect in front of a paying audience only to screw it up in the same way that mentalist magicians screw up writing. Adios, Joey. Hi, my name's Phil Smith, and I accidentally clicked on the Three Mentalist podcast. I won't do it again. This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects, cutting edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. Mentalism Taboo. Okay, here we are. It's Mentalism Taboo. I love this game. Yes, yeah, I know. It's because you get to cheat. I think having listened back to it and edited it, uh, I've submitted this to the judges for adjudication, um, and they came back uh, unsurprisingly in my favor because I was the judge. So I've taken, <laughs> I've taken the, uh, the, last, the last win away from you. I believe Eric Diddleman, Luch absolutely should have been able to say America's Got Talent. That would have changed the entire complexion. And the invisible deck one, when I said yeah. you spread out a deck of cards. It had an invisible deck in the title. So the rules are, let me just clarify the rules. Whatever well, hang on, let me just clarify. I at least tied with you last time, because I would for sure have gotten Diddleman. Luch could have said pack. I will agree that he ought to have said pack of cards as opposed to deck, and that was an option that was available to him. So yes, I agree it. with you. If it is in the title, or an author, or a specific name, yeah. then you have to... So if, for example, if it things. was Invisible Deck by... I don't know who invented Invisible Deck. Who, I'm an idiot, but uh, whoever it was who invented... So that's it was um, John Smith. You can't say the word Invisible, or Deck, or John, or Smith. If you do any of those things, it is banned. So without further ado, shall well, we play the on. game? Wait, yeah? no, I'm not satisfied. Oh. I have to hear you say... Oh, mate! Come on, Ken. Do the right thing. We at least tied, right? We tied, and I shall no longer write other words on the cards did, did, so that you cannot Yeah, and say. The, the reason for this, by the way, the reason the judgment was so clear-cut and damning was because we established the rules in episode one. Yes, yes. 
So if you go back and listen to episode one, and then listen to you break the rules wildly with abandon in episode two, you'll see, actually, I didn't do so bad. Okay, good. Okay, let's play. I'm going to give words to Luch, I think, okay. this time. Is that what I did last episode? I really can't remember. I don't remember. It doesn't really matter, though, does see, it? Uh, no, yeah, because last, the first one... I give a visible deck to, to him. Me and you were terrible. Right. You kept laughing. So you read for me, and it was his list. And then so. So who am I going to give my list to? I think this time. You give to Atlas. Okay. Last time you gave it to me. To you. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Okay. So, here, so here is my list of ten items. If you want to put them in a sort of way that he can't see them, and uh, we have to do it in how long? What's the time? You've got sixty you seconds. You've got 60 one seconds. minute. <clears throat> Let me. I've actually worked out how to use the timer on my iPhone now. It's quite a. It's quite a thing. Okay, let me just do that. Let's get that ready. And your time starts now. Uh, okay, this is a release that you did, and it has a specific time associated with it in the title. It's a walk around. 4.8 minutes. Why? Luge. Okay, good. Um, One point. The uh, effect that has to do with apes and the century mark in the monkeys. title. by Chris Philpott. Okay. Two points. Um, remember that guy that I thought was from Texas... Doc Hilford. Okay, and he's got something that's a French <laughs> word for bedroom. The boudoir? Boudoir? Uh, boudoir? The boudoir act or something uh, like that. There's, uh, this stands for question and answer. Oh, that's so sneaky. boudoir Q and A. I'm going to let you have it just as apology, yeah, apology yeah. for the last uh, round. This was a book by a guy that now calls himself C, and it has to do Colin with the heavens. Colin Divine. There we go. Four this points. This is written, and this is actually right in front of me on the table. The full facts book of cold reading by Shit! Ian Rowland. Okay. Five points. We have, uh, we have, let's see, there is a guy that was Italian. Time. Luca Volpe. Oh, dang, Blast. We were so you got five on. points, and one of them was an easy call. I, I did give you one sort of as an apology for the last episode. And, and five you each you to you. Again. I'm a competitive. I think you can tell by now the way I complain about all this. I'm a competitive guy. You remember? You remember how you didn't want me to go for you last time? I was a. Cha- I was a workhorse. I don't think any of us has ever scored five points. You might be right. We have to look back at a previous episode. But five points each for you two. That's good. That's cool. I'm excited for the next round. Hi, this is Mark Elson. And uh, what's your podcast called again? Three Mentalists. Three Mentalists. I always listen to th- Three Mentalists. Three Mentalists. I always listen to Three Mentalists. It's fantastic. Was that good enough? Fight your corner. And now it's time for my absolute favourite part of the podcast. It's time for Ding Ding. Fight your corner. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to win this time. Oh, fight and talk. Oh, I am. Yeah? I'm definitely I feel like I say fight and talk at the beginning of this section every single time. Well, I, I talk a lot of smack at the start of each time. Smack and then, and then never smack. ever back it up. You know, that's true. You, have, you, have you won any of the games on no, the no, podcast No, no, but yet? it's because of you two and your mutual dislike for me. <laughs> Is it becoming that obvious? Okay, three products... Uh, do you want to go first? You're, you've got, you're kind of ready and raring to go and you're flapping an envelope. Is that a priority mail envelope? Yeah, I mean, okay. you can you can use a FedEx envelope, you can use a UPS envelope. You can so what is it? This is the Pretilus envelope. Remember last time I said I, I kind of wanted to call attention to things that are awesome that nobody knows about or uses? This is, in my opinion, the best switching envelope, especially for stage work, because it's so big. And it's called the Pre- Pretilus, P-R-E-T-T-E-L-U-S. It's an acronym for something that I don't remember. It's in Lee Earl's um, Mind? Minds, Mentalism and New Direction. Um, great book. I know. Really you, great book. And, and, and we all have it, which is the only reason I'm going to freely discuss 
how this works with you or not discuss it, but show you yeah, um, show after us. the fact. So, so it's, it's just, 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 just to sort of describe it. It's a lot. Yeah, it's one it's of those a sort flat of... envelope. It's a flat rate mailing envelope that looks like you would get a court summons in or documents, things like that. That's the kind of thing you received in it, is it? We, yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Good. Um, so I, I would I would have someone take something mm-hmm. uh, and put it into the. So I I would, for instance, you um, what's that thing? E one. Yeah. E one prediction. Yep. With the names. It's a very simple switch. If you wanted to just have everyone write or not names words, uh, have one of them write words. Take it. Put it into the envelope, and then you know, I now have a small envelope. Mm-hmm. Or a smaller envelope. It's still quite large, quite visible, and the audience can then see me take it from the member of the audience. And Let I, me, sorry, that was a bit confusing for everyone listening. So you would have people from the audience write down words and put them into a sort of yeah, a small what, envelope. What I usually use it for is um, in the prodigal. This is actually the envelope that I use for uh, the classified information section. So I'll, why don't I explain what I just do put it into a context because it's quite difficult. So I'll have everyone uh, at the start of the show if they feel so inclined to grab uh, classified ads. From the uh, from the table at the back, mm-hmm. circle any classified ad that they want to and fold that into quarters. That's okay. it. Um, and then if they have decided to participate, they all get sort of handed up. And I have a number of these envelopes that I use. Okay. It's, it's great because you can see the ad clearly goes into the envelope. They all get peeled and sealed and then handed out. And I, that's it. Okay. My, my uh, envelopes are now out of my hands. And yeah, I'm 100% forcing. Uh, Those items. So you can basically place any flat object, a number of envelopes, number of slips, an an envelope, whatever you like, into this thing. Any kind of prediction, yeah, whatever you want to, yeah. So here we go, Kennedy. I have an envelope. Yeah, it's a manila envelope. I'm dropping it clearly in. He's dropping it clearly into the uh, the priority mail envelope. Pulling the priority mail. Pulling the sticker. The sticky tab off. He's sealing sealing it down. And now I'm going to hand it to you. Please. And uh, in my... In, in my show, when I use it, there's usually 10 or 20 or whatever, and they all sort of get mixed up, and then the member of the So this could end up quite thick and bulky, couldn't it? It, it can, but it doesn't. It doesn't, okay. Yeah. All right, uh, what would you like me to do now with it? So I've been holding this maybe throughout the show or whatever it's going to be. Yeah, and so, you know, when I do it, there are 10 or 20, and I say, just choose one. Choose any one that you want to, and then I have them pull the tab, take the ad out. Okay, so I'm going to pull the tab, which says pull here. And, and take... you saw a manila envelope go in. Yeah. And now, is there a manila envelope there? There's not. No, There's... I've changed it into a salt packet. <laughs> into salt. That's amazing. It's like water to wine, only crap. But it's clearly the only thing in there. <laughs> yes, and, and it is, absolutely. And look, there's no bulkiness. It... There isn't. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. And, I mean, they're not going to look this closely, but it looks... Oh, it looks so legit. It is. It is perfect. As a it switching, is, I mean, as a switching device. I don't look on the wheel, but it's ridiculous. It's, it's completely it's empty. It's very, And so then very I have them choose good. a, you know, choose a word from the ad and I, I get it from there. But, um, I mean, look at it. It, it, is, it is the best switching. It, it does one thing and it does it incredibly well. It does it better than anything else. And on stage, there's just no question. Now, you can have specialty envelopes printed up and everything if sure. you want to. No, but you want logo to whatever. Regular, yeah, but um, I always use the FedEx ones because it's not a federal crime to use them. Uh, and and I, I hold them up and make a joke, FedEx. Proud sponsors of tonight's event. Can I ask you a question? Are you able to um, put one thing in as one out, and could you get to the other out if you wanted to? You can with the... And I don't know, this is published anywhere, right? This might be me that just did this with tinkering with uh, Lero's principle, but there are recyclable envelopes that FedEx does okay. where you fold over one flap, yeah. and, and I have used it as multiple outs, mm-hmm. uh, so you fold over the one flap, yeah. 
um, and it will be used once. But then if you seal it again with the other sealy tape, you can pull another flap on the front. So um, okay. what I've done is I've taken and folded, I've, I've taken the envelope, destroyed it. Well, I actually, I don't want to create, I don't want to give away any of the workings of this, but That's yes, right. yes, to be clear, the answer is yes. The answer is yes, you can. Okay, fine. So that's nice, and it, I mean, I just can't, I, honestly, I was so skeptical when you told me, oh, it's great. Uh, I mean, and I love <laughs> You're it. like, I do not trust, <laughs> if there's anyone on this panel whose judgment I do not trust. It's Atlas Brookings. Yeah. Yes, no, this is fabulous. Uh, okay, but I now need to fight your corner and try and upset. You're going to lose, because it is just the best. Uh, um, it's, and this is one of these things that it's in that book, bugger. and no one uses and no one knows about, but it is just the best. You don't hear of anyone talking about it. No, you really don't, and... I'm trying now, I'm, th- I'm annoyed because I'm supposed to be thinking of why I don't like it. I'm now actually sat here thinking, I need to put this on my show. This is the best thing I've seen for ages. Because um, it's so hands-off and so obviously clean. Is it, it looks like it's going to be an absolute pain in the ass to construct. How long did no, this no. take you to make? I did that in 30 seconds. On the, I, on the way out the door to come up here, I thought, oh yeah, I know, I've got to what do What did you need? Do you need sticky? I need two envelopes. Two envelopes? Do you need glue? No, just a pair of scissors and two envelopes. So they, I'm, I'm trying my best, but I'm, I might have found a way in. Go. But I've got a feeling it's going to shoot me down. US. Is there anything we can do in FedEx. the UK? Yeah, FedEx has the same envelopes here in the UK. Okay. Well, I wonder what else we're, I'm a bet, because what were the big companies, like DHL? They DHL. might have them. I've it never depends. Into a DHL. This is a particular envelope which has a flat rate envelope. So yeah. I mean, what the idea of that is, whatever you can fit in this envelope goes to that but rate. But it, it doesn't, it, the type of the rate obviously doesn't matter. No. Um, what matters is that it has these certain characteristics. That thing there yeah. that, you, that you did, and then that other thing. Um, and then all you have to do is just do that, and then it seals right up. Oh, okay, so, so you're pointing at things. And you know UPS, what? Lit- the brown ones aren't UP- yeah, UPS yeah. definitely works. The UPS right. envelopes work. Well, can you get them on there? Can you like go in? Where do you, you get them for free? And they're free, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. I just I walked in one day to FedEx, um, and and I I was just like, oh yeah, I'll take oh, these. Oh, and I took about fifty. And then I expect you to pay for that mailing service, and you use sneaky thing. You're gonna do a mental no, no, show. Yeah. Instead, instead I advertise them as a proud sponsor of the go event. Of the ship. So where can we get them from in the UK, the actual UPS one? You can go to any of the... I've been to, I've been to a, a FedEx store in the UK. Yeah. And you have, we have postage shops. We have one in Newcastle here. Right. So, yeah, you can't... Unfortunately, you can get them, which is annoying. So, so um, I don't have anything. No. I know. It's because I won. And I told you I would win because it was the best. Okay. Just like last time, it was the best. You see, this is why you guys, this is why the Profolio, or your, not Profolio, Profolio your, I won. Um, uh, no. Um, your Switch 4. Switch 4, yeah. See, I know, I know I can get a perfect force where it's hands off and it right. doesn't feel. Though, yep. though, having seen you do the um, E1 at the lecture, it, it worked perfectly. I mean, it's context yeah, driven. It's yeah, same, yeah. If you bring out this envelope, you've got no context for an envelope. It's, ter- it's a fucking, it's a bloody awful idea, isn't it? Yeah. It but, is good. But this is... It's okay. perfect for what I do. It's very it. good. Yeah, it's it's a it, as envelopes go. This is probably the best. You guys are doing terrible at fighting your corners. All right, it's going over my head. You <laughs> almost just punched someone just in the face. Did Steve I just kill Steve? Steve Hairslines in the background. How are you doing, Steve? All right over there? Yeah, good. He's like I had a heart attack a minute ago. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why it is. All right, I'm going to fight my corner, and you have to argue against. So far, I'm winning. You so are. This is, I, this is going to be interesting because I've got the DMC. Uh, card uh, deck here. Now, now, hang on. This is a bit yes. low of you because... Because Phil Smith... Just, yeah, because exactly. Phil Smith, who designed you, you these. You have never played this game straight in your <laughs> yeah. life. And I've got Phil, Phil Smith, Smith is literally behind right us. there. So, well, that's the problem. Your envelope is that big. We had to bring the creator in <laughs> to sit in on this in order to... Uh, the building we're in is falling <laughs> apart. <laughs> okay. So, first of all, I want to just say 
deck itself. This is DMC gorgeous. box is absolutely beautiful. The texture is gorgeous. It's got a beautiful gold seal on it. I think it's made out of real gold. Is that true, Phil? It's made out of real gold. Yeah, so there you go. You can, you can speak. It's okay. Yeah, okay, good. Um, and then I open it up, and it looks like a packet of cigarettes. No, it doesn't. I, I, I didn't think it. that. It looks like a packet of cigarettes. It does look a little bit like a packet of cigarettes. That's a little, a slight From downside. the 70s. But anyway, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm telling you. What's great about this is I want to just check something with Phil, so we need to edit this next thing out. Phil, am I allowed to say that these are marked cards or not? Yes. Yes. It says on the website. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, this is... Probably the best marked card system I've ever seen. I don't isn't that, right? Isn't that, that right, Phil? Isn't that right, Phil? <laughs> it's not probably. No, it is the best deck, um, marked deck that I've seen. If I could get into it, I'm struggling a little bit. The little amazing cigarette-looking tab thing didn't, didn't sort of thought was fighting me off. What's really nice about these is they fan really quite nicely. I mean, I'm not I'm not a card guy, but that, that that's an okay fan that you guys are seeing there. It's not perfect, but. They fan quite nicely. And I like this because there's no counting to do. In a lot of classic marked decks, you have to look at the position uh, of, of something and calculate and remember where something is to look at the markings for this. You're always looking in the same one place. It's a natural place, and you can see it with just a very quick glance. It's extremely easy. Uh, and the back design is so deceptive. It looks very real. It doesn't look like there's anything hidden inside of it. And what I really like is if you go to the Red Kings, this is brilliant. This is great. On the King of Hearts, the, the face of the King of Hearts is Phil Smith. Sticking and a dagger in Sticking his a head. dagger in his head. <laughs> and the King of Diamonds is the other guy. What's he called? Um, um, I don't know what's, what's, he, what's he called, Phil? Your, your, your friend who made Drum and Money Kids. Isn't that it? That's it, yeah. DMC himself, right? Yeah, the main man. So, and he's doing something. What's he doing? He's just sort of looking really kind What's of that on awesome. What's there? What's that? I don't know. I think that's just called fashion on his no, head. No, no, no. It's not that marble behind his ear. Is that a tattoo? Oh, that, has he got a tattoo behind his ear? Yeah, well, okay. Maybe, maybe he might not win this. I'm joking. So, um, this, is, this is great. I mean, I think it's beautifully designed. The back markings are great. You can see them from a really fair distance. Six feet away. It's the... And if you want to do any marked deck stuff, this is the deck. So, yes, you might be able to do one trick with your wonderful envelope. But how many tricks can you do with a marked deck, Atlas Brookings? But you certainly haven't undersold it. And I agree with you about the marking system as being a genius. And it is a very nice-looking deck. It does function as it ought to. However, I have his um, the other deck, the uh, Shark deck. And I will say that durability... Uh, having used bikes all my life um, and then picking this up instead because in, in the States any other pack of cards stands out bikes own the market yeah. but over here it seems like Waddington's and the, I mean there are a lot there's, there's, no, standard. Kind of, there's, yeah, no, there's no standard so I thought oh great I can leap away from this uh, and I will say that they are not as durable after repeated performances um, as, a, as a set of bikes and what's, what's your definition of durable do you mean that the card falls apart uh, not falls apart, but it's certainly frays and wears. You can tell the that they've, yeah, they, they, you, you can tell that they've been um, that they've been used, and and you will want to switch them out more frequently than I would have said. Okay, I have a good authority that the printer of these is going to be changing to maybe it, you know to to maybe fix that problem. Oh, but you've admitted that there is a problem, and with my Predalus envelope, you could not find any problems. So I think oh, that shit. still puts me, I think that puts me in a commanding position. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Phil Smith heckling me in the background trying to defend his, his product okay but uh, I will, Luke, I will also anything? point out that Phil Smith after you threw 
the Predalus envelope. He scampered over to it, picked it up, and he's now lovingly holding it, looking at it. Yeah, meanwhile, Looch, one of the people who's part of this podcast, cannot stop fondling the deck of cards. Well, I, uh, I was a huge fan of the Boris Wildmark deck. Yes, years. I me a, too. I love that yeah, thing. Yeah, me as well. Um, the only problem is that, you know, the tiny you guys do have to Move. scatter about yeah. and look, which this, this vastly overcomes, and yes. also it gives you such an increased amount of um, range that you can read the markings. Uh, when Phil first showed me this particular type of um, marking system, uh, I think actually it became from the old Creative Solutions day. There was something based uh, based around that, which then became the Great Whites, uh, and then became the, the Black and Gold deck. As soon as I saw the Great Whites, I bought a deck, and it replaced my marked deck of choice. Really? Within a day. And Brilliant. that's... For me, I told Phil that at the time, that was a massive thing for me because I'm a creature of habit. Yes. But those cards took, and still are in my, in my case now. Now I have uh, picked up a couple of decks of these at this convention, uh, and I will be continuing to use these. Um, I understand certain concerns about durability, but I think they're going to be addressed in the next sort of batch. But at the same time, cards are cards. Um, these are bloody brilliant cards. The thing is, these also, really about good. the argument about car- the cards versus the envelope, just before we get on to Lucha's product, these cards will be used show after show after show. How many shows are you going to use that one envelope for? Didn't one. cost me anything. No, but it cost you one. Sorry, you're only going to be able to use that, that, that thing once. I think durability-wise, try and use that a second time. Oh, you can't! Ooh. Oh! Actually, durability, if, if baby! You, if you were listening earlier, I pointed out that the recyclable envelopes, yes, indeed, you can use them twice. You use the recyclable one twice? Yes. You can use it a third time. I can do three no. gigs with this. I can right. do ten gigs with this. Yeah, and then uh, about then, the durability is done, and you've got to buy a new pack. That's all right, but I've already had to buy six sets of those <laughs> no, bloody no, I'm envelopes. Just they're, they're, certainly more, they're certainly more durable than, than ten. But okay. um, sure. yeah, it, it's a tough comparison to make, isn't it? Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, this game is ridiculous. This podcast is ridiculous. Yes, but I'm I'm still right on this, and and you're always going to be wrong on this. Okay. The Predalus envelope, you couldn't fault it anyway. Yeah. I'm going for the DMC it does, gold. It does the DMC one gold. Thing, the one thing that it's supposed to do perfectly. Ah, but you haven't seen what I've brought in. Okay. A thing of legendary status. <laughs> okay. Now this is, I have to say, it is pretty underground. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you hear the word underground good. thrown around all the time, yeah. but this is... All right, well, show to it to me. The know. Stop okay. talking it up. Well, it's uh, Steve Cartel's Vicarious. Vicarious. Yes. Have you not seen this? No. It is quite, <laughs> it's quite old. It okay. A couple of years old. The utility device, think of it as a Swiss army knife for the mentalist. It's a utility device that enables switches, uh, peaks, loads, that kind of thing. Okay, let's, so, let's have a look. You can't really sort of describe it because of... Because of the way... Okay, that's all right. No, we're not going to expose okay, it. hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. Okay. Let's grab the zip here. (laughs) Okay. Right. Right. So how? I know know it looks a bit weird. It does. But bearing in mind that no one actually sees this. Okay. Okay. No one's actually. No one's going to see. They don't visit. It's 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 something that you hit it on you. Right. Um, Have a look at it and see if you can figure out what you do with it. All right. So. Do I, am I okay to open this bit? Yeah. Just be careful with it. It's it's, okay. It's not fragile, but yeah. You. All right. Okay. What, well, what's that then? Just flick that. <laughs> there. That oh my god! <laughs> See, well, you can switch with that. Yep. You and but that's for the billets. And load. Well, yeah, of course you can put a load right into. Okay, so so this is it's really hard to describe without describing the thing. It's no, not I very fair because you got. Oh, yeah, I can see you getting excited about this. It's still not better than the Predator's envelope. 
Right. I'm. Uh, this is just so different. The problem is, is with consistency. When you're performing and you, uh, some people use index cards, bullets, um, business cards, things like that. You can use this. Will switch any of those. It's a cross-platform. Okay. So whatever you want to do, is you can switch. It's a complete. I think you could even switch coins product. in this. Like even up to a two-pound coin here in the UK. Possibly. Yeah, you could you probably, probably could. make a two. You could probably, you know, if you want to do like a date you, thing with it. You might. I know. Wanna, I know. In the demo video he sent me, he switched rings and watches. A watch, yeah, which I was blown away by. That's amazing. And I suppose there'll be no he, he bagging. Took, took, It'll just a be a pocket watch and turn it into a wristwatch. He's like, this needs straps. You, you've got to be careful. Oh my God, that's amazing. Somebody said this yeah. needs straps. Yeah. Strap. <laughs> what a great line! If not a little you, cheesy. You've got to be careful with the talking. There can be a little bit of a noise issue if you okay. don't look into sort of padding things. This like is that. amazing. And what what is called again? Uh, Vicarious. Vicarious Steve by Cartel. Steve. Stephen Cartel. He's Stephen Cartel. Does he go by Steve or Stephen? I've always called him Stephen, but. I suppose he wouldn't mind Steve. This, uh, would it be inappropriate to mention his website? Go for it. I, I, think, I think we probably okay. shouldn't. I think we shouldn't. You keep it quiet? Just yeah. keep, it, keep it on the down. Sure I, think, I, think I mean, it's, it's probably in, all the, in the shops, isn't it? I mean, you can get this pretty much at every no. magic dealer. No, no, no this is, I mean, you've not seen it before for a reason. I think I think if you're interested in it... Um, Contact Stephen himself. Do a Google yeah. search. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Contact, Contact Stephen directly and you can get it. I, I'm, I'm going to say they're Atlas. All, they're all custom made. I'm going to say Atlas, this has got... This vicarious thing is unbelievable. Phil, I came with a Phil, come here, come here, come here. What do, what do you? This, this is that vicarious, vicarious, vicarious. I mean, I think this is a winner. I mean, I know we talked about your cards. Is it just that? Just that bit? Yeah, That's but if you move that, and it, you that can switch there. the. And it goes in. I can barely see it. Oh, hang on. Watch, watch. It goes in like that. You, you, and he does it with, it. and he does it with a watch. Yep. But where does it? Um, okay. We can't talk about. We can't talk. We, but. It's, it's difficult to say anything because it's not a, actually yeah, saying what, saying what, it, what it is. What what it literally is. just revealing it. What, what, what do you think? It's got a lot of buzz. What do you reckon, yeah. Steve? It's small enough to do a lot of things with. Really. Yeah, but but at the same time, yeah, he does he does he does a watch low. with it. It does. Anyway, anyway, that, that, okay, okay. So, I think we should vote. I think we should vote. I've got a feeling I'm going to take the title again. <laughs> you are not taking. You the can't title. vote for yourself, though, Luke. I am going to vote. I'll, I'll go last. No, I'm going to go first because I got I got screwed up last time. I think it's my. You, remember, you can't vote for yourself, Atlas. I think it's vicarious. I'm going with vicarious. What are you voting for? Go honestly. Go honestly. Oh, he's looking at me. You have to be honest. You dirty SOB. <laughs> <laughs> I am not. No, no, no. I am not letting you two goodbye today. Well, what's your this thing wide open right now? No, no, no. That's not What? What? I mean, what's yours? What's yours? I I love the Predators. Predatorless. 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 I always think of predator. I think it's yeah. the predator. It might be your accent when you say it. The predatorless omelette. Right, well, yeah. Predatorless. Envelope. Okay. I do, I do like it and I want to play with it. I'm going to use it. I'm going to use it. Play with it. I'm going to use it. But I'm going to play with the UPS ones and see what I can do with it. Yeah. But I already use the, the Mark Deck. The Mark Deck. That's okay, but what do you think is the better product? And Phil Swift is standing over your shoulder. Oh, yeah, I know. I have yeah, no but, but hang on, hang on, hang on. I do love the deck, but I really am interested in playing this one. Which one do you want to go for? What's your vote? Cast your vote. I could roll it. I flip a coin on this one because I love them both. Cast your vote. You've got you've got to cast your vote. No, no, you need to change your vote. You need to be honest and for once not just deny me the No, no, I, no, no. Oh, come on. The Predalus envelope over this? Come on. But what would you choose? Predilous envelope, no, obviously. Okay, so no, what's, no, what's your, what's your, look, your, if I if I had to, Steve's Steve's thing here is great. It is amazing, but 
I, would choose I just don't understand why not. Because no, I do. I, do I use don't the understand. Great ones. I don't understand why vicarious isn't something that, every, like, as a, a mentalism standard, and that we haven't heard of it. Don't give me that face. So, what have you voted for? I am going for vicarious. What have you voted for? You sheer tedious little man. All right, I'm going for the DMC coins. Then I'm going to go for the printless envelope. I think it's a tie. No, no, yes, we have to. No, we can't. Deal. No, that's not fair. Right. So now it's tie break time. How do we do it? Rock, Let's paper, bring scissors. Bill Smith in to go. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's tie break time. So my final vote is with Vicarious by Steve. What do you call him? Cartel. Cartel. Okay. I will. I will capitulate, and I can see the value in it. It is a great, great device. So you, is, yes! that, is that is that you again? Vicarious wins. What was your vote going to be? Uh, oh, difficult to tell. To be fair, I use the deck. I love the deck, but I really want to play with the the envelope as well. I'm so the same. I'm the same. Care. I'm the same. Fantastic. I just won again, so I don't care. Uh, I just hope lots of people. Still tag wonky-eyed midgets, because we've never called that. I'm just, I'm just that as a result of this, more people just tag wonky-eyed midget in every photo. You're horrendous. Do. You're a horrendous human being. This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects. Cutting-edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. Hi, this is Mark Alston, and I always listen to, uh, what's it, um, hang on, let me, where's the paper? Uh, three, the Three Mentalist podcast, it's fantastic, I never, I never miss it, I, I think they've done some, they're, they're really good, you should, uh, you should definitely tune in. Mentalism Taboo Okay, it's now time for the next round, Luch, you're going to give your words to whom? To, to me, you. I'm going to describe words to Atlas. Come on, Atlas, we can do this. <laughs> Isn't this what happened last time? Yeah, but he writes <laughs> jokes for you. He does. There's no jokes. I, just, I need to not cackle. Yeah, yeah, I just need, need to, to not laugh. You just need to power through the hilarity. No, I'm reading. Oh, yeah, I can't read this oh, to you. Kind of what no, you can't read. What? No, you can't this read. This is confusing. Yeah, so you need to give. I'm going to. So you're doing. No, you can't do them you to me. Your list yeah. to Kennedy. So he has to do them to Atlas. Yes. Me. Okay, yes. here this? we go. Okay. Right. okay, you have to take them the under the table. Uh, the timer is almost ready. Um, are these numbered? Uh, oh, wait a minute, how many? There's is ten. Is that one of them? Yes, that's one of them because I couldn't I'm fit on the bottom. I'm looking away. I'm looking away here. I don't know what that is. You don't get a chance to no. go over them beforehand. Oh, I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Steady, go. Um, okay, there's a guy at this Two Minds event who's just on a lecture. Mark Spellman. Yes, and he had an effect. Which has to do with you know if you if you're if you've got something wrong with you you have an a, a disability. Oh my lord! An affliction. Okay. Yes, and it's by Mark Spellman. And what's the effect called? Which sounds a bit like that. Affliction, prediction, oh confabulation. Oh my god! No, okay. Um, okay, do you know the memory guy, the, the the young memory guy from the UK who did a penguin Chris lecture? Rollins. Yes, he had. What was the name of his? I think it was a DVD. Revealed by Chris Rollins. No, that's the no. thing. No, it, it rhymes with meeting bots. With meeting bolts. <laughs> it rhymes with meeting bots. <laughs> oh, Reading fast by Chris Rollins. Yes, 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 yes. Um, okay, um, there's a guy also known as George Tate. Patrick Redford. And it's it's Patrick a shape. Line. Name it now. Different line. one with three. How many did I even score? One. One point. It was triangle. 
Triangle. Triangle by Patrick Redford. Dude, these were absolutely awful. I'm the best at this. Practical Psychic's little black book. Yeah, Neil Scryer. The Afflicted. What is that? I've never even heard of it. It's the one when you stick pins in it and it opens up. If you'd have just said ED, not I-O-N, I could have got... Because I was at Affliction. I know, but I can't spell the word. That's not how this works. That would have been... These are really good. Which ones else have you got on that stupid list? Look at him. To just be triangle power. Rubik remembered. Elston. You could just say he's here at the convention. I know. I didn't get that far down. System eighty eight by Hilford. Yeah, that's a good one. Clearly Q and A by Sebastian Black. Yeah, that was one of the one. What Richard Austin went nuts about. Black. Is it? Uh, professional that. mentalist field manual. Austin. That was. So that was round two. Oh, are we still recording that. Yeah. Yes. Wait. Oh, I didn't realise we were. Okay. So next round, you're going to describe Atlas's words to me, and I'm going to guess. Yeah, you ain't going to get any right. Okay, mate, we've got to win. We've got to, we've got to have a less bell end doing that. This is still Mark Elson, still endorsing the bloody podcast. Can uh, can I go now? I, honestly, I... Tales from the Trenches. So this month, I did something twice that I find really terrifying. I did it's cl- it's I ladies, did- isn't it? <laughs> it's what? It's ladies. <laughs> ladies. <laughs> ladies. You did two in one night. I did two. I was I, I was just talking dating. You guys have already <laughs> taken this further. <laughs> I did two close-up gigs this month, and for anybody who knows me, they, I am petrified, terrified, of doing close-up gigs. I've been on stage most of my life. I was an actor as a kid, which means when I do stand-up performances, I feel very comfortable. I'm very happy to do that, so long as I know my material. But earlier on this month, at the very beginning of the month, I did a 21st birthday party where I was doing Mix and Mingle. And then I did an opening of a, of a, of a new jewellery store. And they asked me to go and mingle and do some stuff with jewellery. So I was guessing which hand someone was holding their own ring in. No jokes there. And I was, work, I was doing stuff with borrowed necklaces and using them as pendulums. In fact, I text the pair of you saying, I've got these close-up gigs. I really want to do them as a challenge. What shall I do? And we had a, a nice conversation. And I've got to say, I really quite enjoyed it. it was, I'm really enjoying that challenge of putting myself in that new environment and working out. How can I make this work? And that fear, is, it's a real buzz, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I think close-up gigs require a very different mindset and a very different approach um, than, than a stand-up one. And every... Because a stand-up, you choose your audience. Close-up, you've got what you've got. You walk up right. to a table and you are stuck with them mm-hmm. and you have to make sure that they feel amazing and like you loved them and they loved you right from the start. It's, it's, it's an interesting scenario right from the get-go. Um, and you often approach a table and you have to interrupt the conversation and there's always one or two that are leery of you and you have to bring them round. And that, that real challenge of bringing them round so at the end they know your name and they tell everyone what amazing time they had, that... That is, it, it, in a way, it's, it's its own fulfilling puzzle every single table you go to. I think what I found really difficult about it, or certainly different, and not right now I'm finding it difficult, is in a show, I can take them from one place to another. In close-up, it's just kind of, here's a demonstration, here's a demonstration, here's a demonstration. Wasn't that interesting? See you later. No, 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 you're doing it wrong. You walk up to the table and you say, hello there, my name's Atlas. Obviously, you'd say Kennedy. Would I? Uh, I'd say Atlas. Fine, you should stick with that script. But uh, and I'm your new friend. And then oh, come on, they would vomit in my face. They would because no one wants to be your friend. But no, I I did I did one last night and um, 
there was this old guy named named Charles. And I said, I'm, new, I'm your new friend. And uh, no, honestly, I'm, I'm the entertainer. I'm paid to be here. I'm supposed to interrupt. Please forgive me. But, um, and so I, I went into something. But the fact that I'm your new friend, I keep asking the names and I, and I refer to him. And this old guy, his name was Charles. And I called him Chuck. <laughs> the whole time. And, yeah, yeah. And so I got Charles. I'm like, no, that's not friendly enough. You're Chuck. You prefer Chaz. And he's like, neither. And I was like, okay, Chuck it is. And the whole that's such an American thing. That's why in the UK they would never have the Chuck. Yeah, yeah. Charles. And, like, yeah, I'm Charles. Thank you. And it wasn't the Father Prince of Wales. But they, but they all loved it. Yeah, it was, it was HRH. Um, but uh, they all loved it and they all laughed. And, and, that's, and that's sort of the approach you have to find is how can I get the group on my side yeah. and then bring this if there are any laggards most of them are quite happy to have fun um, but if there are any laggards how do you bring them around and you create this running gag for this little table and you find your own running gag each time and I think that that is important yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, yeah and I see that because I feel, I feel like when, I, when I'm with the group I sort of I'm bringing the energy up and they're having fun and I mean I don't spend that much time doing the routines themselves I'm doing I spend the time having fun with them and interacting and saying things and conversation and and then I get to the trip kind of thing. That, yeah, and that, and that makes right? and that's absolutely right because you can't do that on stage. No. On stage you have to bring the whole audience with you whereas up close the group is with you and you're taking you, you know the the interaction with the group is what matters because your your entire audience is essentially there and they all already know each other. So it's okay if I'm ribbing Kennedy a little bit or if I'm you know talking to Luch for a little bit. Everyone else also knows them so they feel as though they are participating whereas in an audience of 3 4 500 people it's very difficult to interact with a single person and have the rest of the audience be very interesting. It is. And I think what's really nice when you've got that close-up group is you can find out all the in-jokes and you can find out who's dating who and you can create that tension. You know, you've got a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship right there. You can do something like, I'm going to work out whether she's, li- whether she's a good liar or not. Do you think she's a good liar? And you can do that really nice in a close-up scenario because all the friends know each other, like you said, and they've got that, oh, she's really good. Or obviously, if they've just been cheating on each other, then also it creates an interesting scenario. But yeah, you've, I think what you've got there is that it's so much more personal. And you get to find out, I think of it almost like the in-jokes and the things that are pertinent to those people. And I just find that really interesting. What I do find difficult is is the jump from one group where you decide, okay, now I'm going to leave this group and spotting the next group. And I find myself sort of hesitant going, oh, should, should I go there? Oh, no, they're doing... Oh, should I go there? Should I do that? Oh, what about those people over there? Oh, maybe those, oh, those other guys. How do you... Do you sort of... While you're performing for Group A that you're currently performing for, are you sort of spotting the next group already, or do you? I mean, because what I was doing is not doing that. I was sort of being very present with the current group, and then as I walk away, trying to look for the next group, which made me feel like I was the guy at the party who no one was speaking to. Yeah, uh, a couple of things. Uh, one of them, I like to leave on a really big reaction. Yeah. So I get the vocal reaction, so the rest of the people who are not involved with that particular um, group turn around and look. Because they're like, well, what's going on over there? And then they see me walk away, and when I'm walking towards them, it's kind of like they know that I'm coming to them. Mm-hmm. That works in some situations, but the other situations is that before the, the sort of the mix and mingle starts, I usually take just a few minutes just to look at the group, and I look at the dynamic, I look at the types of people you know, talking to each other. Okay, when you say look at the dynamic, what do you mean by that? So, for example, let's use a wedding for an okay. example. A few weeks ago... Um, I was there maybe 45 minutes before um, I started, and that was because the ceremony was delayed. Okay. So I'm stood around, I got myself a drink, uh, and I was just walking around, it was on a lawned area. 
uh, and then people started to filter through. Now, I don't want to go straight over to the first per- like group of people when they arrive, mm. because I like them to settle in just for a few minutes to get a drink, start to relax and get into the, the day. A few people start to arrive, then a few more start to arrive. And you can just look at people and you start to make a judgment of how the gig's going to go. Are there particular loud groups? Are there people stood in large groups? Are they stood around in you know, just couples? Uh, and then once you've got a good amount of people, and I say a good amount of people, I was looking maybe 30 people there, that's when I will start to go in. Uh, but by then, I've already established who I'm going to go to first. I'm looking for... Some people try to avoid the big groups, but I'm looking for a group that uh, is engaged in conversation, are having a good time, and look like they're relaxed. So your first group is always going to be like a bunch of people who are not going to be a cold start group. You yeah. want to go with a really fun group who've always got an, already got a nice dynamic going. Yeah. I'm not going to approach a couple who are stood on their own looking a little bit awkward. Okay. I'm going for a group that are already you know, into the sort of flow of the day and chatting away. So I'll look for that group. I literally come in, um, introduce myself, explain that I am meant to be there, crack a couple of jokes, um, and then talk to them. Mm. I, I don't necessarily ask for names and things like that, but I sit and ch- uh, sorry, stand, chat to them, get them engaged with me, and then explain what I'm going to do, and then get involved with it. Um, this particular gig, what I found, instead of moving from group to group, the group that I was performing for got bigger and bigger. Mm. So what started off with maybe five people became a good 15 people. Oh, around. my goodness, yeah. So then it was almost like a little mini parlour kind of thing going on yeah. because I was performing for the whole group, which was great. Mm. So once that finished, people tend to filter away and, uh, and disperse, and then everyone has seen this large group of people collecting. It makes it so much more, uh, so much more easier to go up to the next group because they know someone's there performing, doing something a little bit different. And because they can hear the reactions it makes it a little bit easier, a little bit more easy to approach that group and then to be to be welcomed. And, uh, and just go back to that, sorry to interrupt you there, but uh, you know that, that awkward couple who are standing there in my head that like you've just described, do you ever approach them or do you wait till they've joined a group? Um, well, it depends. If they join the group, great. If not, it's very rare that in that kind of dynamic that they will be stood on their own yes. for, the, for the full two hours that I'm going to be there. So quite often they'll, be, they'll form a slightly larger group with, with a few more couples uh, and then that ticks that box there, it satisfies that requirement. If not, once um, they've seen, and I've made sure that they've seen and heard the reactions going on from another group, then I don't mind walking up and, and entertaining and, and, and approaching that group then, just because I've already set the context and then people see one. You know, I, I will add that you also, that's, that's great for a walk around. And, and a lot of, you know, each each close-up gig is different on its own terms. Um, the one that I was at last night was a dinner, and then there was a great big dance going on outside. So the dinner and the tables and whatnot, you don't want to approach them when their meals have just arrived. Well, you know what I mean? Well, you're talking about looking around and saying... Yeah, so you can plan it by the, by the service. Yes, you, can, you can absolutely plan it by yeah, the service. I mean, I won't ever, I don't think I'll ever want to perform at tables between courses I'm not interested in that if a stand up and it's cocktail I'm interested in that or if it's a conference yes. and that kind of thing you obviously do the table thing where you were you know going it's, not, it's not my favourite thing and when I no, got there gonna, yeah. when I got there um, it was a great big party outside mostly cocktails and drinks and stuff but then they moved me into a VIP area where they had dinners for people and so it wasn't what I'd anticipated but again you know when you do work those situations when you do work tables you wait until that table is free and they're waiting for a course and that is absolutely the right thing to do. One of the other things you talked to us about before you, before you did this, because you did say you messaged us and said, what do I do? Um, how much do you bring with you? How yeah. much material do you have? I was like, how many, how many quote-unquote tricks 
do I need to have? Do I need... Because I know some close-up guys who've got like 30 tricks in their pockets and they've got... And one of them is like a deck of cards and they can do 20 different tricks with a deck of cards. I'm not that guy. Like, I don't come from you'll the never, magic background. You'll never get through all that material. No. Ever, ever. You do three or four tricks a night. I did. Uh, that, I mean, that... You know, per, the, per group. But the, that the, 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 in the, the evening... I was talking to you about the jewelers when I was texting the two of you about ideas for material just to bounce ideas off you. I did the same three tricks for two hours. That's all you need. Three tricks. A nice opener that sort of gets them involved in me. And often it was just a second trick. And that would be it. But then I would change the second trick for different groups. Yeah. That was it. And so it was trick one, always the same opener, and then a second trick, whether it be a billet routine or, um, or, or something else. One of, the, one of the things that happens all the time, and I'm sure Luch will verify this with his experience as well, but you'll do something that might be a force or it might be a multiple out and someone will want to see that again and say, oh, do this for them based on the, the explanation. So I, I am, one of the things that I like and, and I like my performance of and presentation for, for close-up is Mark Elson's On the Mark Wallet. Yeah. Is that, is that, is that what it's called, the On, on, on the, the Mark? On the Mark, yeah. Yeah, I use it, I use it all the time. Um, and this guy, I convinced him that I made him think of the Jack Clubs. And he said, do this, do this again. And I said, well, I can't because obviously you know what to look for now. And then he says, we'll do it for my girlfriend. And he pointed to another group. And, and so what do you do? What do you say? And, and I said, uh, it, what I do for people very much depends on their personality type the second I read them. I would love to do it for her, but she might not be open to suggestion the same way that you were. And I went over and I ended up doing something else. But to him, he was quite satisfied. Because that was the, the reason yeah. that you weren't doing it. And, and so I think, um, I think when you do a close-up gig... I guess what I'm underlining here is that there's a freedom to challenge the performer in a way that doesn't inherently exist within the social contract you have on a stage show. Right. Um, the performer up there, he's in charge. You don't question him. You don't make him do anything again. You don't grab his deck of cards and the throw it or anything like that. That happens close up. I mean, let's, yeah. let's talk about something that happened to me last night. So we were all out last night, and I'm thinking I've you know just started this whole close up thing, and Luch and I are in this bar, and this girl comes over. Uh, she's with her friends, and we're, we're sort of standing nearby. And she says, "Oh, what are you guys all doing?" And it comes, it comes to, it comes to her knowledge that we're mind readers. And she looks at me and says, "Oh, can you read my mind?" And I'm thinking, "Well, I could, yeah." So I look into my pockets, and I find a, I found a, what was it? it was Hang a train on, what ticket? What you said there? I'm going to address this later because I got a bone to pick with you. But you said, "Yes, I can," and I look into my pockets. We'll talk about that. Oh, we'll talk oh, about that, Mister. Oh, okay, <laughs> I can't wait to this. Brilliant, brilliant. So I look in my pockets and I find a, a train ticket, and I think oh, I can use that as a billet. So I had to write something down. And how would you describe what happened next, Luch? Apart um, from hilarious. <laughs> if, I could, if I could sum it up in, in two words. Yes. Um, no, three words. Uh, painful. And car crash. <laughs> that's, that's how I would describe it. I, mean, that, I, I would say, I would say, kind of bad formentalism. Yeah, well, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I, but for me, it's those scenarios which really make me think I don't ever want to do close up again. Yeah. So describe what happened because you watched it. I was just there. Okay. So, um, so Ken essentially did a, a Billy routine where he. Um, the, the girl had already alluded to the fact that she was going to... In fact, this goes back to the second episode when you discussed about giving someone the option. You know, if I, I can read your mind, I can do it once, but what would be the most important or impressive thing that uh, I could do for you, I could tell about you? So I asked her the question. So yeah, you asked the question and she said, okay, well, I am planning to move away with my husband. Uh, where are we relocating to? Yeah. So you, you did your spiel, you set up the, the presentation and she wrote down the place. Um, and you you used a, a billet peak. 
So you, you used the Billy Peak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure how many times you tried to get the peak because it was quite a dark environment. <laughs> Actually, it was really slick. The, the, the actual peak moment was absolutely fine. There wasn't a problem there. So then, so then it all went downhill from there then. So, it did, uh, because she be, was really distracted. Yeah. Wasn't well, she, she? That was the problem. To be fair, it was Newcastle. And, and she, she had, was mortally drunk. I mean, she, she was, was absolutely plastered. To be fair, you could have just said hello to her and she'd have forgotten and just walked up. You didn't yeah. have done it really, but never mind. She, you did, you know, the, the ability ended up getting ripped up and it dropped onto the floor and Kennedy went into a, a presentation um, where... I mean, to be fair, I didn't actually see him do the peak because I was chatting to, uh, to Steve Bramley. That's how good the peak was. Well, no, it's because I was chatting to Steve Bramley about <laughs> something else. And then Nick is is your me. peak? Oh, what's that over there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the best? No. So I saw the billy get ripped up and fall onto the floor. And uh, Ken's doing his, his presentation. Um, and he's, he's talking about things. He's asking questions. And he's creating the illusion that he's, he's, he's getting there from you know, A to Z. He's getting there letter by letter. And he's going to work out what this place is. Um, and then right at the end, after what seemed like an eternity, and it did, it, it seemed yeah. like a, a if, really long yeah. time yeah. for whatever reason, because she wasn't processing things very quickly. She was quite drunk. And really, really, Ken, I mean, we should have just gone, really. We should have we just, should have just have I should have gone, I don't so, care about you, lady, bye. Um, so he revealed that it was Australia. And the funny thing is, I turned to Steve Brownlee before she even wrote it down, and I went, oh, Australia. Did you really? That's where everyone in this country immigrates to. Yeah. They all go to Australia. And the reason oh, I thought Dubai, a lot of people in the UK, especially Newcastle, work, their husbands will work offshore. Uh, so if yeah. I was going to guess there's a big offshore industry in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Well, that's the what, the, the clue guess. that I got is that uh, I think you said before you even set up this, this uh, <coughs> to write well, down on a billet, she went, oh, Fra- uh, you went France. And she went, no, no, a million miles away from there. I thought, well, Australia then. It's a million miles <laughs> away from that's there. That's funny. Yeah, so you even had I mean, because they're obviously not going to go to some war to the Sudan. I mean, they're not going to go to a place that is a a bad place to go to. They're going to go to a place where they feel the future is better. So America, Canada, South Africa, (laughs) Australia. (laughs) America. (laughs) We have to get that in. So um, anyway, Ken Ken actually reveals Australia. And she just says, deadpan, just looks and went, yes, I know, darling, but I saw you read my read. (laughs) (laughs) And he went, no, I didn't. It's on the floor. It's tore up into bits. Because yeah, but I saw you read it, darling. Really patronising. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. I saw, you, you just looked at it. <laughs> I was she like, let him do this whole presentation just to sort of rip him a new one at the end. It was beautiful. It was actually my favourite. And, and, and I, I was thinking done. about it. I was thinking, you know, in the moment, I'm thinking, well, why does she think that? Because. The, but the wait a minute, wait a minute. She didn't actually see me read it. I mean, yeah. She didn't. I'm, I'm in a, her mind, she had made the decision. That's what I must have done. Is that really what happened, or do you believe it was so slick that there's no way she could have seen it? What do you mean? I don't understand what your question is. Well, you said my peak was super slick. It was. Was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she's saying, now, bear in mind that I, I, I say to her, fold it into quarters. And I, I take it off her to do the tear. At the moment I go to tear, her friend taps her on the shoulder, hands her a cocktail. She's like, hiya, love. And I'm like, I could have just opened this and had a look. I, I Umbrella moved it. Just for the laugh. Yeah. I was tempted to do it just for the laugh. But then I proceeded anyway because I thought, no, I want to be bulletproof. And, you know, you, I mean, the, you've seen the bullet pink that I do. I do Bush's bullet tear. You can't, you can't see bit. that move. And, you know, you do, she was like, no, oh, I, I just saw you made it. It was, it was amazing. Fun. It was hilarious. We had a great time. So, so should, should we talk about this thing that I want to address with you? Okay, then? so Atlas said to me, I've got a bone to pick you, with you, Kennedy, because about this, it's about this propless mentalism stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I watched your Penguin lecture, which was excellent, by the way. If anyone, if anyone really wants to see a good lecture, it's Kennedy's. Um, 
But I watched his lecture, and Kennedy's probably maybe, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes in, and he goes something, he says something like, yeah, I don't do propolis. Propolis is garbage. It doesn't work. And I'm like, Kennedy, you and I are friends, and you know, it, you know it, I, I know you're making a different point. Um, and then I get to this Minds conference, and uh, Mark Paul is here, and it's the first time I met him. He's a very nice guy. Uh, and he says hello to me, and Kennedy leans over and goes, you have to do train tracking for him. And Mark says, yes, you have to do train tracking. Kennedy was telling me all about this. And train tracking is impromptu propolis. No, and yet, I need to do train tracking. I need to have Atlas with me. It's not propolis. It requires no, no. I an mean, Atlas. I mean, <laughs> I mean, for me. Yes. <laughs> but I wanted, I wanted to just see how you could reconcile those two perspectives, maybe. Before, uh, before we do this, like, I think Ken, when he refers to propolis... I think he, he's not referring to actual propolis mentalism. I think he's referring to the current trend of people doing and, and it. That, and, that's, and that's what I want to clarify. Because if, if there is a method, it's fine. Because for me, when, when you talk about this lady, she says, oh, you're a mind reader. Let's see something then. And you look in your pockets. Mm -hmm. I never look in my pockets. I just look them right in the eye. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot of things that I can do at that stage. So, and, that's, and that's what I like about propolis. Because it okay. allows me to maintain my persona without her ever going, yeah, it just looked... Yeah, absolutely. By the way, my, my accent is terrible. Yeah, I'm yeah, surprised you, you two aren't all over it. You must be dead tired. <laughs> so so my, my issue with this, when I said propolis is, is, is rubbish or whatever, is most of the stuff that is currently coming out in the world of propolis is not very good because it's not coming from people who have worked out a way of performing it that's, in, that's integrated with their character. So one of the things I said to Mark, and I don't mind telling you this in front of your face, as I said to Mark... <laughs> I thought that progressive anagrams were completely transparent and didn't fool anybody until I saw you do it, Atlas. And the reason for that is when someone watches you, if someone's seen your Penguin lecture or they've seen you live or did a workshop with you or seen any of your videos you perform and that stuff, you have found a way of creating an attitude of yourself so that the process you go through for a branching anagram, you call it, I'm sorry, not progressive anagram, I'm not, I don't know the difference. But the, the, well, it's not we important. Yeah, yeah, okay, but of, of a branching anagram, you've made, you've made it so that it doesn't look like you're going, is there an A in it? Oh, is there a B in it? Oh, then, in that, in that case, it must be porcupine. You, you're not just asking a series of questions. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. you found it's an attitudinal thing that comes from a place of experience where you've obviously at some point, did you just decide, I've got to ask you this, right? We've never talked about this off air and I talk about it now and if it doesn't make the cut, it doesn't make the cut. Is there a point during your life when you thought, progressive anagrams, they're usually I'm going to work out a way of making them work for me. Or did you come from a place which was, progressive anagrams, they're great, you already believed they were great and just made it happen. Well, I, well, this is, yeah, it's an interesting question. Because I, I looked at him and I no, thought... Sorry, I'm trying to interrupt. Because yeah, the, re okay. the reason I ask that is because sometimes we'll do things because we believe they're possible. And that's the reason you thought it was possible and you made it happen. Sometimes, and mostly for me, the reason I do things and achieve things is because somebody tells me I can't. And I'm a defiant little <laughs> so I'll make it happen. So which way around were you? What was your story? How did you it end was... up being the king or the queen of, of, of progressive anagrams? Well, that doesn't make the cut. <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, the bear. Of, uh, oh, I thought you said mayor. I was like, that's even lower than king and queen. <laughs> <laughs> the, the local dignitary, <laughs> the, the bureaucratic functionary, <laughs> the pauper. <laughs> yeah. Go on. Um, no, I, I, um, let's see, how did I get into it? I, uh, I read Maven's Continental, which I thought was great, and I, I thought I'm gonna try this over the phone with my dad, and I did, 
And he said, yeah, this is what happened. And I said, yes, that is what happened. And that happened to me exactly after the moment that I thought, well, in that case, I'm never doing this again. This is transparent crap. Yeah. Something different happened in your head then, didn't it? It did because I hated, because I, I really want to have the persona be believable. And that was, that was a real key goal with me. And I, I thought, this is a method that I know works. And so what was, what was the shortfall here was clearly me and my delivery and my performance. So how can I take that and practice and change it and tweak it until it is invisible? Yeah. And, and that became the problem that I then had to solve. The methodology was, was straightforward and I consider beautiful, brilliant. It is, it's perfect. So I thought, what is the way that I can take this from being sticking out like a sore thumb? Yeah to changing that. And so obviously that's, that's what I sort of pioneered and worked with. And I, I think the word pioneered is too grandiose. I just sort of trial and error until, yeah, yeah, and until I, I worked out what flew past people. Yes. And at that point, I think basically my point is I just didn't quit with it. And I think that's, that's the same with any method. If, if you are looking for, I think if you are looking for an effect and this way is the most direct way to achieve that effect, yeah. Work your tail off at it until yeah, it until it becomes peak, you? I mean, yeah. Say, a billet switch. The peak or a center tear or anything any, like any, that. Any move you're going to work on a way of one perfecting that move itself, and secondly, a way of integrating it into your character so that the moment you're doing that, it's integrated and and, and, and consistent. You've done the same thing with progressive anagrams or branching anagrams, haven't you? Yeah, and 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 to be honest, it's not any different than what other people have done with center tears. Why on earth would I write something down and then tear it up? Everyone has had that. Question. Yeah, and, and they've all addressed it in a different way. Um, and there, do you know what I mean? Everyone has some... My point is every method has an inherent compromise or weakness that you can look at and say, well, that stinks. Yes. How do you get past it? Because at the end of the day, we can't read minds, so how do we, how do we get past it? How do we make it still appear presentationally that there were no compromises, yes. and that's and that's what you do. So you find the method that you like, you find the one that works with but the you personality, see there. and so it's so the key word there. The key word you said was, "How do we do it presentationally?" Because the only thing I can over to sort of gloss over the compromise is going to be presentation. Yes, because the presentation is what gets them to fill in that gap in their heads. Yeah, because they, they right, they then buy into what's happening, and and with with what I do with branching anagrams, especially or with proper stuff, I let them believe based on an understated um, premise that I don't, you know, I don't explicitly state. I let them infer what is actually happening. And a lot of times people will then, uh, you can't see their quotation marks I'm doing, but they'll pick up on it. um, And when you do it to their friends, because they're like, oh, I did see them do this at that. You know, when, when he said, hey, they did do this. Um, and, so and they're backing it up themselves. Yes, exactly. And then they, they create a belief system on their own, and then, then you're completely credible. But that's, that's what I liked about it, and that's why I stuck with it. So now I want to just suggest, and just as a way of, um, what's it, when, you, when you make a claim and you sort of bring it back, what's, it, what's that called when they do it in the newspapers? They, they make a claim. Retract. Retract, that's the word, yeah. So I want to retract that, my, my whole thing about propolis being rubbish. Wow, I didn't, I I didn't believe it. I would ever get a retraction. And I, and I, want, to, and I want to raise it further. By saying, actually, I'm going to put that forward as an underused mentalism principle. Sound drop that. Wow, that is incredible. Kenny, I can't believe that you would ever uh, backpedal. There you go. Now, and honestly, and it, the, but the problem is, isn't it usually the case that the minority spoil it for the majority? They do. But that's, that's the problem is any, anything, anything that you're going to do 
um, requires practice for it to really be to really be solid. So yeah, and 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 for the minority, they don't they don't put in the time, they don't put in the practice. Like with anything, I mean, the reason, the reason, the reason my, the reason my, um, what the, I can't think of any words today. What's that? Is that my, the reason my Pharaoh shuffle is terrible is because I haven't put the work into yeah. it. But if I put the work into it, it's going to be great. And the reason my progressive anagram is rubbish is because I haven't put the work into it. So to get the good quality outcome, we need to put the, you need to put the time, the effort, and the investment into it, don't you? Yeah, and, and, and I, think, I think you're right, though, when you delineate some of the proper stuff out there. That's not a real method. It, it, some of it is just guessing. Yes. And that's, and that's, that's not what not I ever do. No, that's, that's not a method. Because the public can do that. You know? yeah. At the end of the day, the reason we go on, we, we get paid to do close-up or stand-up is because we can do the things that, that the other people can't do. Anybody in that room can go in there and get it wrong. <laughs> we want to go in there and get yeah. paid to get it right. And, and I want to clarify, too. It's, I don't just love props. I use props of course. all the and time. Should, I, use yes. them, I use them in my shows all the time. But for that moment when someone says, oh, you're a mind reader. What am I thinking? You don't have to dig around in your pocket. The only problem mentalism I really dislike, apart from the stuff that's just bogus and doesn't really work, is the highly procedural. And not only just procedural, but usually mathematic. Mm. So think of your birth date. Add the two digits together. That'll give you a new number. At that point, it's no longer about their birth date. If you think for a second that person now thinking, oh, it's all to do with my birthday. They're not thinking that anymore. They're now thinking he's doing something with the numbers from my birthday. Ah, see, interesting. We might have a, a retraction next month. I'm going to do something for you later on. Really? That is my material, where it's uh, it's highly mathematical, but invisibly. So, and are you going to demonstrate it on the podcast? Then we could if you wanted to, but you know, why don't we do that? Next month, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Make it a bit, but I don't want to teach it on the podcast. That's okay. We can give people a flavor of it, and then if they're interested in it, they can, they can find out more about it, maybe? Yeah, it's not for sale. At the moment, it's something that I gave away in the Penguin lecture okay. and taught in the Penguin lecture. But it, you're, you're right. The, well, the point is with math. Yeah, with yeah. point with with something. Again, it's a presentational thing. I looked at it. and I was like, well, math is clearly the way forward here, but presentationally, how do you get around it? Yeah. And so I tell a great big story, which which is largely based in truth about um, the origin and birth of numerology and the first. Um, there's a guy named Luca Guarico who was the first uh, astrologer to the Pope. Oh, wow. Who wouldn't so have an astrology? Saying, you know, let's not go too much into that because we'll do that in the next episode. Yeah, yeah, but... But basically you're saying you think even the, even that mathematical stuff with a strong enough premise, a strong yes. enough presentation yes. can, can... Okay, I'm because Because at no, well. point, at no point do I ever ask them for numbers either. Okay, I'm interested to see how that's going to that's, that's gonna look. But I, I get to tell them day, per, day, month, and year that they were born. Okay. And, it's, and, it's, a, and it, it's a nice... Very conversational thing, but I think that's if the point is to find right a conversation. I don't like to not reference things. If anyone's listening to us right now, that is something that's in your Penguin Live lecture that's available from Penguin. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, so they can go and check it out there. Okay, cool. Let's move on to the next section, gentlemen. This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects, cutting edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. <laughs> Uh, this is Mark Spellman. I've just walked into the Minds Convention in Newcastle. I've had my tetanus jabs. I'm okay. Come up from London. Um, just want to say that I've, I've stumbled across three great minds, two great minds in mentalism. Luch and a great friend of mine and Atlas Brookings. Both of them phenomenal. And, and, and Kennedy's here, which is nice. Um, so, so, but, but, is, but, is, but is, he, is he necessary is, is the question. Um, listen, enjoy the podcast. These guys do a really, really good job. They've made me laugh loads. And uh, enjoy the rest of this podcast. Uh, best of luck, guys. Cheers.
All right, one of the things that we've decided to do, obviously, in case you haven't been able to tell so far, this entire podcast is essentially us messing around. <laughs> so uh, we, we sometimes Thanks think of... listening. Yeah, yeah. We, we sometimes think of uh, silly ideas or challenges, and we came up with the idea of doing, essentially, um, a showdown of pricing for things. I want to be really careful not to name a specific, you know, game show oh, right. here. But uh, we, we came up with the idea. It's of, called Guess the Amount Correctly. Yes, Guess the Amount Correctly. And the, the person who is actually closest to that amount without actually passing the amount, yes. trying to change the phrasing of this as well, yeah. is, ah. is the one that, that wins. That sounds like the You know what? Why, why are you even here? <laughs> <laughs> You've been sat back for like the last 10 minutes not doing anything. And you show up to mess up a bit. Okay, oh. go. So. Right. So I, I'll, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do first, and you and uh, Luch and Ken can be the first people to bid. So, who, who, which of you wants to bid first? Uh, so the way this is going to work, can we just confirm you're going to name four. Yeah, I've got I've got on eBay, okay. and I've priced four items that have actually sold recently. Okay, Did and I will have... give you the four items, and you will have to. eBay is okay to say. Yeah, you could have said that online auction place. Yeah, yeah, you could have. Right. more vague. So I will you be. Because people get upset. If yeah, we I'll, I'll them. beep that out and out. I'll say that online auction place. Beep. <laughs> you know what? This is hard work for me to edit this damn podcast. <laughs> now you're either a team player or you're not. Okay. Go. I suspect you're not. Team. Right. Fist so I recent. I recently got on a uh, an online auction site. You can say and that I, eBay. Is that eBay? Oh, you bastard! <laughs> That's the second time I called this now. You know, this entire day has been you guys hassling me. Like, from start to finish. Let's go, let's go with this. Come on, dude. So you can say eBay. Do it. It's too late now. I don't want to say eBay anymore. Fleabay. Say Fleabay. No, because that might become a thing. Baby. Look, I'll tell you what. I got online. I priced four items that are recently sold. Who wants to go first? I will. Okay. You will? Looch? Okay. In the showdown, very first, number one item... And Kennedy be paying attention as well. You've each got little note cards to, to try and yeah, price I've, things. I've, I've got my little notepad. I've got pen. Pure Effect, Darren Brown. Which edition? Hardback book, third edition. Very, oh, very okay. insightful question there, Kennedy. Edition makes it, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. So I've got Pure Effect, the hardback. Okay. Before that, I have Larry Becker and Lee Earl's final flashback. Final was the most recent edition of this. Because obviously when it was ultimate and then it was, well, yes. it was flashback well, and it was ultimate and then it final. So final yeah, I, I think the key word there that gives that away, Ken, is final. Um, but I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to... We'll come up in Yeah, we'll... No, we won't. This is so, the one time I score off you the entire thing. So what's the final, the one with like the five books? There was no, the one with three. three. Is that the one with the dictionary then? Yes. Okay, cool. It is indeed. Then final, uh, next to that we have... Focus by Phil Goldstein. 60 select card effects. This is the hardback edition. And last but not least, a bit of uh, a bit of uh, fun for me. We what have Atlas Brookings train tracking. Really? Yep. Somebody's And obviously somebody there's just the one printing of that. And it's sold, you say? <laughs> okay. So you're gonna guess first. Ooh, now the problem the with he's the guessing the first, the problem with the guessing first, the guessing field. second, is if he says like two hundred pounds, all you have to do to beat him is go two hundred and one. Yeah. Mm. So you can't go over. Yeah, but we you have we have three showcases. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. To go so through. So what what I think we do is we dist- we determine the difference between you two, and then the person that had the closest margin combined. Oh yeah, that's good. That's I think that's the way okay. we do it. Okay. I'm gonna go for three hundred and one pound twelve pence. Are you even trying at this game? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I'm gonna go for two hundred and fifty pounds. Okay, so Ken, you said two hundred and fifty pounds. I did. Even. Even. Luch, what did you go for? Three hundred and one pound twelve pence, I believe. Three oh one twelve. The actual value of the showcase is eight hundred and eighty two pounds seventy two P. Well there's some gullible people out there who wow. paid that price. Wow. What was the Making mythics? Luch the winner? Luch the winner. Luch is a winner. I win You're a winner. Yeah. So hold on, let's let's calculate this. the difference. Let's calculate the difference. So Kennedy at two fifty, you are different by six hundred and thirty-two seventy-seven. Six thirty-two seventy-seven. Yeah, and Luch, what was yours? Three hundred one. Three hundred one twelve. That is five hundred and eighty-one sixty-five. You need to write that down because you need to keep your score. Five hundred and eighty-one sixty-five. Whose was the most expensive? Was the train traffic the most expensive one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. What did he go for? Five fifty pounds or dollars. Uh, I'd have to go back and look. I, I believe it's it's probably dollars. I'm I'm sure my email oh if I, if I know it's dollars I'm changing my argument. See, I put one ninety. I thought it would have gone for about one ninety. Right. I, I put a hundred. So it just shows you how little I know uh, about anything. Okay. Cool. All right. Shall I go next? Yeah, you go next. All right. So, uh, and can, can I sit there just so I can not cheat and look at mine? Yeah. Basically. Okay. So my items are. Doc Hilford, The Vault. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's sold. Then, we have 13 Steps to Mentalism. Just the regular edition that we all have on our shelves. The regular 13 Steps of Mentalism by Corinda, the book. Okay. Then, the Naked Mentalism Trilogy. Those by Hardback? John. Uh, no, they are, I think they look like they're paperback. I'm going to go with paperback. All right. And your final one is The Artful Mentalism of Bob Cassidy, Volume 1, First Edition, and Volume 2. Ooh, both volumes. Both volumes. So I'm just repeating them while you're working out your, your numbers. So we've got The Artful Mentalism of Bob Cassidy, Volumes 1, First Edition, and Volume 2. Naked Mentalism, the trilogy. So all three of them. Mm-hmm. 13 Steps to Mentalism by Corinda. And Doc Hilford's The Vault. So, where are we going to play this, gentlemen? Okay. Uh, Luch, Luch went first went last time. time. So you can go first this time. So I should go first this time. I want to put it at $180. $180 pounds or dollars? Well, are you priced in pounds or dollars? I've priced it in pounds. If it's in pounds, then I'm going to go 180 Thirty pounds. One hundred and thirty pounds. Yeah. Looch. One hundred and sixty-four pounds. One hundred and sixty-four pounds for Looch. One hundred and one hundred and thirty for me. The actual total was one hundred and forty-eight pounds sixty-four. He's finally yeah. found something he's good at. I've money. That's Apart that from eating. So wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> So what was it? One forty-four. One forty-eight sixty-four. Hang on. How many has he beat me by? By about two quid. 
It's not by much, actually, is it? Yeah, but you you went over. So you, you went lost. over. You're not, yeah, you lose. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm at 1864. 1864. That's pretty good going. Okay, let's switch back. No, hang on. How do we how do we handle Luches? Because he was actually wrong in the wrong direction. So he has to have a penalty. Do I? No, oh, he, he just scores. He just, oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't know because you could technically win just by being wrong all the time. Well, so far you've won one, and yeah, and yeah, yeah. we'll, we'll come we, back. We can it. work it out. We'll come back we'll to it. Okay. So I go first. No, I, no, I go, go first. second. You go second. Yeah, you go first. Okay, all right, Lou. So what have you got for the showcase? I have. I just swap over so we can get in the middle. We have Mark Oberon's digital deception. Ooh, is that a calculator? Is it, or what is? Is a? Oh no, it's the, is it the thing with the tag in the pocket with the key? It is. It's yeah, the, the key yeah. ring thing. Digital deception. Okay, we have Christopher Taylor's outside the conventional DVD. Well, I don't know that, but okay. It was an Inner Mind Productions DVD from a okay. few years back. Mm-hmm. And we have um, we've already had this, but it's not the same one. It's Corinda's Thirteen Steps to Mentalism, but it's the original individual. Pamphlets. Oh, that's good. However, yeah, there was only ten steps out of the thirteen sold as the bundle. So the only it's ten an incomplete, incomplete set of original. That's a curveball, right there. Not the later reprints. These are the original uh, individual steps. Okay. Okay. And one more product. No, no. I had three products. Three, three right. products. Okay. So I need to guess first. <clears throat> I'm going to say, I think somebody probably didn't get the value of the, the individual steps and probably thought, oh, it's not complete. I can get the whole book for you know, the, the, all the complete steps for yeah. a, a cheap price. I'm going to go quite low on this. I'm going to go for £130. One, three, oh. Exactly? No three oh pennies or anything? No, I'm going to go 130 I'm going to stick with whole numbers here. Okay. Atlas, See, I've got one think? or two ways that I can play this. I can go £131. Yeah. Um, because I will still be closer without going over as long as Ken hasn't gone over or I could go with what I think it will have gone for in pounds which is roughly a hundred pounds interesting um, just for the, the current new one what do you mean for no, all for, three? For, for all three. Oh, okay uh, I think I will I'll play it safe I think the whole thing will have gone for a hundred pounds but I will go 131 because all I've got to do is beat Kennedy so Atlas is going for 131 okay what was the actual number? The actual total for those three: twenty-nine pounds twenty-six pence. What oh, penalty? Boom! Twenty-nine we quid. We both lost. Yep. If you look at the breakdown, shameful. Oberon's digital deception went for three pound ninety-nine. Shocking! Wow. Christopher Taylor's DVD was eight pound twenty-seven. It's far too much. And the Corinda original steps went for seventeen quid. Wow, I'm I'm amazed by this. Yeah. I'm absolutely amazed. But on the flip side, I still win. You did you win. Guys are Atlas won out. a game. Congratulations! Woo! Yeah, baby. Yeah. You know, it, it, you'd think there was more to winning than this. It's quite a, an empty. <laughs> That's why we field. don't let you do it. It's sort of I mean, a hollow feeling. Yeah, it doesn't feel <laughs> yeah. too good. Yeah, like you a know, donut. Well, me, you, and, me and Ken yeah. are kind of used to it now. But yeah, we're yeah, kind welcome of to the club. We're kind of blasé about it. You know, yeah. we're like chilling. <laughs> Hi, this is the real Michael Murray, and the only reason I'm doing this little soundbite is because I was promised a free pint later on. This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects, cutting edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. 
Mentalism Taboo. It's all one piece. Well, we only need one to win. Are you ready? I was just checking the timestamp on the word bell end so I can review it in, <laughs> in reference to <laughs> And start. Um, okay. The um, person who helped you write your own list earlier on, he has a, um, a trio of thingies. A oh. trio of releases. Um, uh, mentalism reveals. Nope, keep going. A conversation as mentalism. Which one? Part three. Nope. Part two. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> chocolate, uh, chocolate box readings. I've never heard of it. We thought it. it was one of the people on the quiz last night with a photo, uh, the female one. Um, I don't know her name. I don't. I don't. You know thought her name. it was that one, but it wasn't. We, yeah, but I don't know who that was. All right, okay. Um, the person from Scam School. Oh my god! All right, the guy who's selling um, his invisible touches outside right now. Leo Manor. There we go. Oh no! I just like that. I've lost. <laughs> with Ten seconds left. Um, here's something that he did, and it's not train tracking. Um, the, the prodigal. Keep going. Um, the the other thing. Blast. Was the oh, real I thing. should change the order of the cards. I could have, I could have won. I could, but instead, I could have at least tied with Luch. But now Luch has pulled into the lead with his diabolical list of terribleness that he unleashed on us. All right, Luch is a winner. Yeah, but that was what we call a legitimate win. It was a legitimate win. No, you're right. No. Okay, all right. None of your crappy stuff, Ken. What we're trying to cheat. Yeah. All right, I you love screwed you. us last time. I haven't forgiven you. I don't think I ever will forgive you. In fact, go away. So it's Mark Elson here. I'm with... Kennedy. And... Luch. And the thing is, they've asked me to replace Atlas in the Three Mentalist podcast, but they don't know how to tell him. So if anyone who listens to this could email in, if you've got any ideas, he's very touchy. He's, you know, he, we think it'll... He's already a drinker secretly, and we think he might tip him over the edge, but he's got to go. He just doesn't contribute enough, so please get in touch. Email me, Luch, Ken, all good, but please, somebody do something for the love of God. Thanks for that, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Appreciate it. All right, we made it. That's the end of episode three, pretty much. I'd like to say a huge thank you to Michael Murray for letting us record episode three of the Three Mentalists podcast here, live at Newcastle at the Two Minds event. A huge thank you to Michael Murray from MindFX. We really appreciate it. Also, a huge thank you to all of our guests who popped in just to say hello. We ha- we've had, oh, we've had everybody. We've had Mark Elsden, Luca Volpe. We've had uh, Phil Smith. I feel like we've had just everybody. Spellman. Everybody, well, I say a huge thank you to all of you. Remember, you can interact with us, and we really would love you to do that. You can tweet us to at number three mentalist. So it's just the at three mentalists, the number three atlas. Yes, that's for you. And uh, and you can also find us on the Facebook page, and that's just by searching on Facebook for three mentalists walked into a podcast. And of course, you can find us on our blog, our website. Uh, that's 3 Now remember, as well as all of that, this is all available on iTunes to download and put straight into your iPhone and stuff. You can get this to download from our blog, 3 But please remember as well, if you want alerts, if you want to be the first to know when we do a new project, when we announce a new episode, as soon as that happens, the fastest way to find out is by going to 3 And in the sidebar there, on the left-hand side, I think it is, 
you can see as a place to just stick your email address, which means we'll email you this as soon as the latest episode comes out. Well, that's all I've got to say for you. We'll hopefully hear from you soon. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like. Share the love. Tell everybody about it. It's free. It will always be free. And thank you so much. We'll see you next month. Thank you for listening to the Three Mentalists Walked Into a Podcast. You can interact with us at threementalists.com. This episode is sponsored by Michael Murray's Mind Effects, cutting edge mentalism for the modern performer. Visit mindfx.co.uk. Thin Artie's Little Ponies.